because right now we help a lot of cats and we do that by way of helping people. Hey there, and welcome to STL Unleashed, St. Louis's number one podcast for pet parents and the place for all the cool kids to hang out. It is time for you to know who's who in the loo. I am your host, Janie Budnick, president and founder of Four-Legged Kids, St. Louis's number one dog walking and pet sitting service. Get ready for interviews about the people and places that can help you become a better pet parent because life with pets is life well lived. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of STL Unleashed. This is a really exciting one. Everybody here locally knows how passionate Four-Legged Kids is about local rescue, and I am super privileged to have one of our sponsored rescues for last year and this year also here with me. Actually, it's a two-for-one. I have Reagan Kennan. She is the operations manager at 10th Life Cat Rescue and also Megan Foliano, who is the executive director. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> yes, yes. So, okay, well, we're just going to like dig right in here to 10th Life. Of course, you know, for those of you that are listening, you can't see this. But for those of you on uh, the video, I do have my 10th Life t-shirt on today. Mm -hmm. They have the most amazing t-shirts and uh I love some good marketing and when nine, when nine aren't enough, I think is genius. So their t-shirts, their little slogan, when nine aren't enough, haha, cat rescue, right? A hundred percent believer. I have uh, four kitties of my own. I think cats are like potato chips. You can't just have one. So um, you guys, you're, you're my bang working with cats. Tell me a little bit about the, the history and the foundation of 10th Life for those that have never heard of you. Okay, do you? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, you? Here, it's hard to figure out who's going to say <laughs> what. You know, we 10th Life was founded in 2009 by my good friend Elizabeth Frick, and it was founded to meet the needs of the community with regards to cats with special needs and injuries. And there wasn't really at the time any um, safety net for those types of animals. So, and they can be very expensive. They can be very expensive and very challenging yes. finding the right foster homes for say a cat who can't urinate on their own or has a broken leg or has feline leukemia. The list is so long. They have wonky eyes, they have wonky legs, but we take them in <laughs> and we have to have really good foster homes for that. So um, she built a really remarkable organization uh, based on that need. And she had worked at um, Treehouse Humane Society in uh, Chicago and they do that. And she realized when she came back to St. Louis that there wasn't anything for that at the time. So that's what we were built to do. And that's what we're still doing. Uh, we're yeah. working with more than that, but we also still. Right. Isn't that amazing how it just keeps growing? <laughs> gross, gross, gross. I love it. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, the, the, the medical niche, I mean, well, first of all, niching down at a cat specifically, and then, you know, the medical needs issue is, is so huge, you know, bless her that she had a heart for that. And, and that's how the foundation got started. I didn't even realize myself that it got started specifically with special needs. So also that, relates to behavior problem or behavior modification issues where we have a cat in our office right now who's sitting behind us named Cherokee who has some behavior 
challenges, quirks. quirks. Yes. <laughs> we don't want to say problems. She's not a problem child. She's wonderful and beautiful and lovely, <laughs> but she is not to be underestimated. We have to take precautions with her. And we work with a behaviorist in order to help those cats meet their full potential and find the homes that they were meant for, that they fit in. And we almost always find those homes. It sometimes takes time. <laughs> yes. Oh, it does. Yes. No, she's yeah. wonderful. She's our little office assistant. Yeah. Call her. Our <laughs> office manager. I know. I, you know, I mean, that's kind of occupational, not quite hazard, but <laughs> occupational blessing. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to have them with us. Well, that is amazing. So what, um, I guess, what has Tense Life Mission evolved into since that time that it was started in 2009? Well, I mean, wow. the, the mission the mission really remains the same, but we've always had a portion of our mission is also to mitigate or to um, put an end to unnecessary euthanasia. So part of what we've been doing over the last several years is really focusing in on helping in that area as well. And then we're moving into the arena of being helping, being able to help people as well, because right now we help a lot of cats and we do that by way of helping people. But being able to help people afford care and that sort of thing is something that we're moving into as well. Oh, okay. So helping them with care. I know it can be expensive, especially if you, well, I mean, I have a diabetic. I just had to stop and pick up my Lantus insulin. And every yeah. time I do that, it's like, oh yeah. my gosh, like how much that is. But, you know, one thing I've discovered in 25 years in the industry here locally is the evolution that, you know, they're not just animals. These are our babies. These are our kids. Yeah. Yeah, we are pet parents and there are so many more things we can do for them now that just even two decades ago was like, what? Why would you do that? So, yes, we, we love taking care of our babies. So do you guys have um, I'll invite each one of you to, to tell me a favorite story that you have about one of your you know, fosters, somebody actually there at the facility. Um, anything that really has has touched you over the years? How are you going to narrow it down? I was that was my exact thought. I was like, I don't know how to narrow I it know. down. I know you could blend a couple of stories so together. Hundreds and hundreds of babies. But. Yes, so many babies, and we both you know foster neonates and have been through so much with those guys, and just in general, so many. I would say if I had to narrow it down to one, I'll choose one of my cats who was before a 10th life cat before I adopted her. Her name is Markle. And when she was just like two, three months old, she was rescued. Well, she found herself in an animal control facility and she had a degloved tail. She had a mouth injury, was just in rough shape. And that day, Megan and I went to an animal control and we left with how many cats did we leave? I think we left with 11. I'm not sure how many we left. Her car was full. I've cats. totally done that myself. It's amazing. Yeah. We can squeeze one more yeah. in, right? So we can squeeze 10 yeah. more in, we right? Can, we just oh, yeah. come in. I took one home. She took one home. We met here and we're just kind of figuring out where they were going to go. But Markle was with me and I, that was really the first time that I had a medical case that I felt like I nurtured her kind of back to life. And I fell in love with her, of course, and my other cats fell in love with her. So this is, you know, she's five now. And this was, um, I couldn't let her go. So she no. stayed. And I just always think about that day because not just did we help her that day, we helped so many. And it was definitely a situation of what's one more, we can do it. What's just one more. Um, but again, there are so many that come to mind. I mean, we have a cat here named Cecil Whitaker, who's a behavioral case who some people are scared of him because he has a little bit of a bite history and some challenges, but we've been working really hard with him to get him to a point where he does enjoy being around people and wants affection. And 
And he, he does now. And he does now. And like just watching him grow from where he was a couple of years ago when we first met him to where he is now makes me want to cry because he's mm-hmm. come so far and he loves he loves you and he just yeah. wants your your care. And it's just really sweet to see how they can progress. So he has boundaries. And really, it's been yes. more about teaching people how to understand his boundaries rather than um, teaching him how to be a cat. Yes. You know what I mean? Like He's a cat. <laughs> and boundaries. we've had to teach people where to stop. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. So, okay, St. Louis community, if anybody knows the owner of Cecil Whitaker's, uh, <laughs> we have the perfect cat for them to adopt, right? Oh, yes. He's a, he's a good boy. I'm sure he'd love pizza. We've never had, had pizza. Pizza. I bet he would like pizza. <laughs> yeah. He, he'd probably nibble on some cheese. Get all excited about that. Not great for them, but we don't do it. But yeah, it's really, it's it would be really cute. Yeah. <laughs> That is funny. So how many cats do you have, Reagan? I have five of my own. Oh, see, wow, I'm an underperformer, aren't I? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it is, that's another, and that's another uh, job hazard, workplace hazard is, you know, it's so hard to, people do ask us both and anybody even who volunteers here, how do you not leave with them all? And I mean, the reality is obviously we can't have all of the cats, but sometimes there's just one that you really cannot, you know, cannot let go. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. When I was down there, oh, I forgot her name, but I almost tucked her into my coat and walked out with her. Uh, honey bun? No. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was probably her. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, yeah, just instant, instant love. She yeah. was just absolutely so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So Megan, how many cats do you have? I have four of my own, but I also have right now three foster cats. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> two of them, I think, are going home this weekend, which I'm super excited about. And one of them is just a permanent foster. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I just just admit, it's a foster fail for <laughs> She yeah, is, she has also some special needs when Reagan's met her. Yeah. <laughs> it's just far away from her. Yeah. Anytime if I'm at Megan's house, I just stay out of Hippo's line of vision. Yeah. <laughs> special case. A special yeah. case. She's Too funny. Girl. So Megan, tell me, tell me a story that's touched you. You know, I mean, there have been so many, but the first one that came to mind whenever you talked about, there are actually two that came to mind and they were both in the very beginning, whenever I started working um, or volunteering at Tenth Life, I started in 2010 or 2011, something like that. It's been a really long time. Um, I met our founder, Elizabeth's cats. She had a foster cat named Mouse who had cerebellar hypoplasia, which is what Hippo has as well. And I fell in love with like the wobbly cat and she would just like, throw herself across the room to you. You'd sit down, she'd throw herself across the room to you and just like flop on your lap <laughs> and just purr and cuddle. And I was like, oh, no, I think I love this work. And then um, she had a cat named Bernice who was, I mean, as a baby, was not expected to live more than six months. She had hydrocephalic uh, brain. She was um, in bad shape and they didn't, they, they just gave her a, a poor prognosis. And she just, I think she passed last year at oh, the age of, I think, 13. Yeah. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. Was, Don't underestimate, the, right? Best cat. Best <laughs> cat in the world. And I got the privilege of getting to go and, you know, care for her whenever they would go out of town. Um, but that is, you know, those are my first introductions into it. Um, I hadn't even fostered <laughs> yet. And that was, I was sold. <laughs> totally hooked. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you started out yourself as just a volunteer. How, how have you, or how long have you been the executive director? What's been your transition? 
Um, I really resisted executive director <laughs> for a long time. We hired somebody and then that when that didn't work out, the board asked me if I would become the executive director and <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to at first. And then, you know, you have a lot of um, uh, I would say imposter syndrome whenever it comes to like, <laughs> yeah. can I do this? And honestly, it's been a really great, I think since 2017 or 18, Yeah. At, whenever Elizabeth went on maternity leave, I stepped in as interim while she was gone. And then um, after we hired somebody and that didn't work out, I stepped in as the permanent executive director. And I've been doing that for years now, since yeah. 2000, I think 18. And I, I love it and we keep growing and it's working out. So <laughs> that is amazing. And how long have you been in your position, Reagan? Operations manager. Yeah, since 2017. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. A really long time. Yeah, it's been a while. You know, both of those. God, both of those. There is so much that go into both of those positions. So like I don't want people listening to underestimate the impact of, of those positions in a nonprofit organization. <laughs> Um, you know, the organizational, the the marketing, the getting people involved, finding donors. And then, I mean, the operations, Reagan, tell me, tell me what your operations look like right now. Oh, wow. It's different every day. It's different every day. It's ever changing. But I kind of look at it as the whole picture of the cat in our care. So from intake, so our admissions, when we first meet the cats that are coming in, all the way through the time that they get adopted, and all the stuff that happens in between, caring for them here on site, caring for them in foster care, um, just making sure everyone on our team is supported, and all of that good stuff. And then, of course, you know, the boring things like Department of Agriculture paperwork and all of that oh, fun yeah. stuff falls into it as well. Um, so yeah, it's been really, really fun for me over the years, just getting to learn how a nonprofit works and all the moving pieces and getting to play a, a part in one, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Me. And oh gosh, <laughs> that's, that's the way it is in a nonprofit. You do always wear multiple hats. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, you yeah. guys, of course, you know, scoop your share of litter boxes. Oh yeah. You're, you're yeah. not in ivory tower offices. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> no, there's definitely a litter box in every room. <laughs> yes. Agreed. I know I have one here in my office now for my 16 uh, year old diabetic because he was having issues going up and down stairs with arthritis. Now all the cats use the one in the office and invariably someone goes over there and, and puts a landmine while I'm on a podcast. So, you know, if I turn green while we're on this, you'll, I mean, you'll, understand. <laughs> you'll understand why. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, you know, back to the operations, um, you have your, you know, of course, people might not know of you that are listening. So you have a facility and fosters. Kind of tell us a little bit about the facility, where it's located. Um, I know you guys were kind of um, closed doors there for a long time during the pandemic. Has that changed? Can people come see cats? What What is the status of that right now? Yeah, so we are on the corner of Cherokee and Compton in the city in South City, and we do have um, our adoption lounge, and we can have anywhere from 10 to 40 cats here on site that most of them being ready for adoption and will host adoption meet and greets here. Right now, we are still appointment only for those adoption meet and greets, but we have many throughout the week, so we are 
pretty fully going with the adoption meet and greets right now. And we are working toward having open hours again before the pandemic, pretty much every Saturday and Sunday, we would have open hours for the public just to come in, see the cats, ask cat questions, you know, find resources, all of that fun stuff. And like you mentioned, during the pandemic, we had to put that to a close. And so we are working really hard to get back to a spot where we can have open hours. Our biggest challenge with that has been um, staffings. We have to have so many volunteers on site and hands on to be able to do that. So that's kind of a work in progress right now. And a lot of people's lives changed and they weren't able to come back into the roles that they were in. Um, a lot of people moved or, you know, they got different types of jobs that yeah. they didn't have the same availability, availability that they had before. So we've faced that challenge of not having the same people that we had before in the you know team. So it's hard getting back into the groove of it, but we're going to start with just one a month maybe and try and get that staffed and once we get that staffed maybe people will see how exciting it is or maybe some people listening here will want to sign up to be a volunteer on our website yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i mean i know we have a couple of our employees that are volunteers for you guys yes. so um you know it's like the bug bites you really it's, you know so many people out there i know have a heart and understanding you know what they might be available to do how soon do you think you're going to try to open up those, you know, opportunities. I mean, we are really just kind of, like I said, it's a work in progress. We were hoping to have times in February, but of course now February is almost over. So we're uh, yes. so. Like March, April, you know, spring really to get a start. And like Megan mentioned, maybe having one open day a month just to get us rolling. Um, and then we'll still, of course, offer those appointments. So for people who are specifically wanting to adopt, they'll be able to make an appointment to come in and meet the cats. Yeah, that is perfect. Yeah. So everybody that's listening, absolutely wonderful community volunteer opportunities there. Um, I will drop down in the show notes how to, to contact you guys if anybody's interested Thanks. in doing that volunteering. But for those of you listening that have not been there to see their facility, number one, it's darling. Uh, it is in this just absolute perfection of a building on the corner <laughs> with these amazing windows and they have it all built in with windowsills and you'll just go by at any time of the day and the cats will just be lounging there. I mean, it's yeah. the best cat eye candy ever. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, talk about cat watching. I love it. And the lounge in there is just so comfortable and the cats are so relaxed. Clearly they they enjoy being in there. And even though it's, uh, you know, hopefully a temporary home, they are very comfortable and at home. Yeah. yeah, it's a home away from home, sort of, until they find their own home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do also have events here. We just had an adorable Meowentine's Day event. When <laughs> oh, I, I missed it. We had a kitty kissing booth, but we yes. have, um, a, you know, in April, we have, um, that's April, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, in April, um, we'll have a kitten shower to help us prepare for kitten season and yeah. promote that. So we do have really cute little events here where they're usually ticketed events that we post about on our website and such, but yeah, they're well, really good. Cool. Open for that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'll drop the link to the kitten shower. So what is a kitten shower? That sounds adorable. It is a baby shower, but for kittens. So we will have a donation drive for kitten supplies that we'll need throughout kitten season. We'll have like party games, treats, and hopefully some little kittens here for everybody to love and kiss on. Oh, and yeah, I can't even. I mean, yeah. I, I used to foster mamas and babies. Well, pre-pandemic, I, I, I had my own two-legged baby. 
during the pandemic. So I haven't been doing, uh, you know, babies. And then I failed on my, you know, bottle baby that I had right. Uh, not a right failure. Not the- a failure. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Feel forward. We've- yeah. Feel forward. <laughs> No. Um, so yeah, he's my, my youngest little corker, but you know, let me tell you when you deal with those neonates and you are their mama, it's, it's hard to let go. (laughs) We had, I think 111 neonates last year, if I'm correct. Wow. hundred and something the year before. So there are a lot of neonate, neonatal bellies to fill with, with neonatal formula. (laughs) Um, so it is very expensive. So we have that kind of party and, um, fundraisers during the springtime in order to prepare for that. So what would you say, I mean, besides of course, donations of money, what are, what are maybe the top three things that, that you guys are in need of during that heavy kitten season? Sure. So, so outside of money, of course, I'd say kitten formula, the KMR kitten dry food and wet food. We use so much of that you know, and I mean, that goes for the adults as well. And then also cat litter is a huge need. We run through so much cat litter. So much cat litter. (laughs) We have to keep this place nice and fresh and clean. And in order to do that, we have to dump a lot of litter boxes um, and clean them out completely because we have so many cats here. But we have a wish list on our website. We have several wish lists on our website. So if you want to shop at Amazon, you can shop at Amazon. If you want to shop at Chewy and it gets sent directly to us without very little effort on your part, you just (laughs) push a button, hit send (laughs) and it gets sent to you. Yes. That is ideal. And, you know, that's one thing I can certainly vouch for is I walked in there and I literally said, wow, what do you use? Because this place smells amazing. So I don't remember what it was. It was something that was local. And then I lost track of it. I think I even took a picture of the bottle when I was there. But, but yes, also have air purifiers. So air, I could, we, yes. air purifiers are everything. <laughs> I, I need to take notes, especially for my office right now. So... <laughs> I don't do nearly that good of a job. I'm no. sure that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, too fun. So do you have other events that you're planning for this year? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> we have trivia night coming up in July. Um, we'll be at Pride in June, yes. which we'll just, you know, we'll have a booth and we're hoping to maybe be in the parade, but we don't know that yet. Um, <laughs> hey, and we, we might join you then. We're going oh, to yeah, also. That would be amazing. Could we walk together? I wonder if they let you choose. Um, <laughs> We'll be there, and then we will be um, have our trivia night. I think this year again will likely be at the um, that's July 29th. Yes, it's Christmas in July theme, um, and it will likely be at the airport again, which we had it at the airport last year, and it was just such a fun space. Did it we- work well? Yeah, it worked great. we loved it. We yeah. loved it. Well, I know we we sponsored it last year, but literally that was the day I went on vacation. So oh we're gonna, we're gonna figure out a way to commit to getting a table this year because yeah. we're not. We just did the New Year's for the strays, and we had a table there, and yeah. um, we were not very good. Oh, but that's okay. It was you know, purpose. Purpose. it's fun. We had it's fun. fun. Yeah. Some people are there to win and that's what you're up against. Some people are there because they are quizzers and they want to win. And um, then, then some people are there just to support us and have fun. So, I mean, it's a yeah. very diverse group of people that show up. I know. That's always so fun. And, uh, you know, a good time of year because, you know, so many things are done spring and fall. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of in the middle. So at Christmas in July. Yeah, and Good we usually have free booze, so that helps out. That helps. <laughs> oh, you know, that, that can attract a whole different type of person, Yeah, too. if you're not there to win, you, you can have some fun. <laughs> yes. So um, you didn't mention anything about, like, your uh, your foster group. 
how many how many kiddos do you have in foster? How many fosters do you have? Is there a, a opportunity for people listening that might be interested in fostering? Absolutely. We always need fosters. I kind of look at it as the only way that we can help, especially a yeah. cat that's very needy that needs you know, supportive care or anything like that, or has an injury, the only way we can say yes to them is if we have a foster home for them to safely land in. So we always need fosters, especially fosters who are willing to take on more challenging cases since those are the cats that we prioritize, especially in neonatal kitten fosters, even older kitten fosters who can take over weaned kittens. Um, and going back to your first question, we generally have like 100 to 150 cats at our care at any given time. And if you take out 30, 40, most of them are in foster yeah. care. So lots really of are. parents. Yeah, we have a lot of amazing yeah. foster parents, but there's always opportunity to become a foster with us. Yeah, there's always a need for that. There's always the opportunity for us to place more cats because mm -hmm. we have more fosters. We have an isolation space and we love having that isolation space because it means we can walk into animal control and in those moments where we have <laughs> 10 kennels available, fill them up instead of letting them, those cats, um, you know, sit or be euthanized or, or mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. And right. um, if we have people who can foster those cats then they can move out of those kennels and not have yeah. to sit in a kennel while they get tested and go through all the things that they need to do to be healthy enough to move in here, they can do that in a foster home where they're more comfortable. But we do have, you know, we have the kennels so that we can get cats safely off the streets in most cases um, and yeah. keep them from getting other cats sick or getting sick themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So do you have like a, um, an area within the, that the foster would have to live within? Like, oh, they can't be outside of St. Louis or, you know, do you have like a, an area that fosters have to live within? Any restrictions? Yeah, so they have to live in the state of Missouri, and we do like them to be within 30 miles of one of our veterinarians and emergency vets, so that if there was... But we thing, have like five, so yeah. it's, not, it, it's all over the <laughs> It's place. all over the city and county. <laughs> oh, so what? Most Big of our areas. live between, you know, I mean, like North County even. We have some like in Jefferson County area because Creve of Creve Core. So we have fosters all over, um, and really just as long as they're comfortable with the distance that they are from our vets and here. It, it generally works out. Missouri has, you know, we have, um, the, Missouri has weird laws when it comes to cats crossing state lines or animals crossing state lines. So um, we have to abide by those. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, those dang regulations, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, other states don't seem to have the same laws, but it's, I mean, I'm, oh. ha I'm happy to abide by them. <laughs> there you go. Well, that sounds really amazing. So, um, what were your numbers last year? Pop quiz. So <laughs> how, many, how many how many kiddos did you adopt out last year? I think 245? 240, yeah, 245 yeah. last year. 234. Oh, were we wrong? 240, yeah, 234, I think. 234, I'm something. sorry. 200-something. Uh, 200-something. <laughs> 200 what amazing numbers. So, you know, out of, out of that, how many do you think were kittens and how many were adults? Oh, that's a really great question. Um, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. I'm not either. How many would have left as kittens? I, don't know. I mean, probably all of those 111 neonates that we took in for the most okay. part were, were adopted when they were still under six months yeah. old for the most part. So, so maybe you've got about a 50-50 split bet. <laughs> probably. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, I know I've, you know, out of my kids that I have here, some of them have been um, some of them have been kittens and some have been adults. And I always like to remember 
reminds people that, man, you can't discount those adults. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, one of my special, special babies that I had, she's since passed, but she chose us. We, we went into a facility and she immediately jumped from her condo to the windowsill, to the condo, to the windowsill and followed my husband <laughs> around the room. And That's when he'd cool. stop, she'd reach out and she'd pat his hat. I'm <laughs> like, cool. I don't, yeah, I don't really think we need to look any further. <laughs> this and she, yeah, she was just amazing. So I always like to tell people, you know, just go in and give it some time. Yeah. Don't yeah. always think it has to be the babies. No, and we have, I mean, if we've got a 50, 50 split there on adoptions. I don't, I don't know what our split is on. Um, I mean, I, I could have had these prepared for you. I don't, I don't know. Off the top oh, no, that's okay. See, I like things being casual. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have to know all these answers. So. We had 272 cats come yeah. in last year and we cared for all, well over 300 um, throughout the year of last year. So we, um, we a lot of them, we, you know, adults and also geriatric cats we take yeah. in geriatric cats whenever we see them we scoop them up because we don't want them <laughs> oh, I know. You know, suffering in any way yeah um so we have a big heart for the the older guys too yeah same <laughs> i know this is my i know you know anybody can't actually oh, see no. yes <laughs> that's my old boy i got a soft spot for yellow tabby cats what a, what a dapper gentleman <laughs> <laughs> He is now 16 and a half, Aww, doing well with his diabetes. He's my sweet boy. You know, on any particular day when I'm working in the office, he is always going to be laying on whatever I'm currently working on. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're very helpful in that way. What, what's what's that cat's name? Butterscotch. 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 Very, oh, yes, yes. I have, <laughs> um, I have interesting names because, you know, when you have kids, sometimes they'll name the cats. I have a cat named Spaghetti. I love That's it. That's me. We, we do too because we've had we don't reuse our names and so okay. over time you just get it gets weird. It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> <Taco> salad. <laughs> like okay, so this one's Cecil Whitaker, right? Yeah. <laughs> we had a pizza group. We were very hungry when we took like I think eleven cats, that yeah. ten or eleven cats that day, and we just named them all after pizza places. Oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just only so much you can do. You can have the Harry Potter litter, and you can do your alphabetical litters you know i've i've done a lot of rescue in the past and yeah sometimes you do get a little creative yeah, i love it i you always have love weird names yeah <laughs> yes yes well we have you know a lot of those names stick with our clients so we have a lot of clients that have cats with very strange names <laughs> totally fine a lot of times it tells you what their personality is before you come in the door <laughs> so what's what's the vision for the future of 10th life where do you guys see yourself heading? Are there any any big plans, any expansion, anything that you you plan on doing to, to impact the cats here in St. Louis? Right now, we are working on at least a three-year plan, and we don't have, like, I don't have final answers for you on that. We're working <laughs> on that, but a lot of it will be uh, expanding to help 
people more and being able to help people afford care for especially we're um, thinking helping people with very expensive care uh, whenever your cat gets a broken leg or you know a wonky eye like the ones that we take in instead of that cat entering a shelter perhaps we can help that person afford that care so that they can keep the cat so that the cat stays with the person that they love and doesn't put in a cage where they're scared and and ending up perhaps euthanized because they don't show you know especially if they're an older cat there are a lot of reasons why cats enter shelters but that is one of them and we'd like to help put an end to that um in whatever way that we can uh, so that's yeah. one of the ways in which we want to help that's one of the i mean that's such a horrible decision that that some people just have to make and and they really shouldn't have to make that type of decision whether they can keep or have to give up their baby just because of finances. So I love that heart that, that that's mm -hmm. what you guys are growing into. So I appreciate that. I, I mean, I know everybody listening probably appreciates that too. So we I guess we've been in that situation where we have spent thousands of dollars on our pets. Like my, I look back at my, my putter who lived to be 25, but Whoa. At, you know, at like 17, I guess he would have been 17. He broke his leg on a microwave cart, like it's crazy. Like he just got it caught and broke his leg. And it was in order to keep his leg at his old age, rather than making him figure out how to, you know, be a tripod at that age, they had to, it was $2,500 to do the surgery. And you just have to pay that. <laughs> it's yeah. not like they have a payment plan, you know, you just have to pay that. So I just had to hand him my credit card and you know, <laughs> right, and pay for it. Um, and, you know, we've been in that boat yeah. many, many times with our pets, especially as they get older. Her cat, Smokey, is 23. Yeah. Um, at this point, I, don't ask cat. us how we get them to that age. We don't know. I, I need <laughs> tips. I think everybody listening needs tips. How did you do that? You don't know. Yeah. Yours, yours could, yours, your, your cat looks very healthy and handsome. Yeah. Uh, I know. Yes, I know. But he's 16. So, yeah. He does not look 16. Nope. He's going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be 26. Yep. Yeah, there we go. To, I'd like to get to that Guinness World Record with my cat. So yeah, be a 35 years get old. Get him to 35. <laughs> is, is that Guinness is, is 35 year old cat? Yeah, right now it's 35 is the standing oldest cat. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I he, I, he, um, I've been just very lucky. He's been very healthy. He's got just some normal old cat things, hyperthyroid arthritis, you know, but other than that, he's, who knows why? He's yeah. just very healthy. <laughs> but we wow. we're very privileged in the you know the respect that we have been able to use a credit card, pay off those bills, make but not I mean, I just hate the idea that anybody's looking at their sweet pet, especially if you're looking at a sweet pet that you've had for yeah. your most of your life and having to make the decision to give them up or in many cases choose to euthanize them because you don't have the funds to help them and that's just crazy to me and i think that that's something that you know something can be done about that so i, I mean have you started figuring out i know you said you know strategic planning is is nuts it's really crazy it yeah. takes a lot of foresight um there's a lot that goes into that um and i, I mean anything that you've figured out is going to be the best way to approach that anything maybe the listeners can look forward to or help out with yeah so we we suspect and we've got a program started we're writing it up and trying to figure out all the intricacies of that but we suspect in our particular instance because we don't have a veterinarian on staff um, that we would need to offer a voucher program and figure out how to imp implement that voucher program meaning that our veterinarians or us could administer that most of the like there are some um 
options out there for this kind of care, but most of the time they cover maybe $250. That's what I'm seeing. I, we haven't found any that really cover a lot more than that. So if we could cover $500 or $1,000 for somebody to keep their pet, which we know is still not enough in most cases, um, right. but if we could help in some way, maybe they would, you know, we would be able to talk with um, our veterinarians about figuring out how to set up a payment plan for the rest of it or I don't know. I don't know what we, I don't know the intricacies of it yet. We're still working out the, the program, but I'm really looking forward to being able to help because I, I, that's something that I, I haven't seen really um, existing in a way yeah. that is, I don't know, like, I just want to be more impactful in that way. Yeah. So, I mean, is that something that involves like grant applications or their organizations that you can go through for, you know, that kind of assistance? I'm just thinking, wow, you know, I mean, who knows who's going to listen to this? I mean, there could be grant experts, um, I think you know, Patreon people, you know. Right. <laughs> I think the proof is in the pudding whenever you start doing it. Maybe you can show that you've been doing it and organizations will want to fund it. And it is possible. We have applied for some grants for it. We don't know if that grant money will come through. Um, we've just set aside some money for that specific reason. Um, and we're starting small with it, but we will hopefully grow that over time by, you know, just figuring out how to do it um, and, and figuring out if there are corporations that want to help us fund that sort of work. So, um, so that's a possibility if someone lis listening wants to assist, like if that really touches them, that they could possibly yeah. donate to that specific fund. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be setting something up specifically for that as well. Yeah. But they, yeah, give us a call. We, we have our phone <laughs> numbers on our website. If you have ideas and want to help, absolutely give us a call or send us an email. That's on our website as well. Hello at templifecats.org. We'll We'll reach out or we'll, we'll answer you for sure. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. You know, and that's the big thing is you guys, you guys work so hard and you do so much, honestly, silently. People don't see how much work goes into, I mean, of course, there's the aspect of a nonprofit in general and what it takes to maintain one. But in the pet industry is, um, it's huge. It's, it's, uh, it's a roller coaster. It's amazing highs um, where you just feel like you're giggling with excitement because of what you're able to do. And then it's just the bottom of the lows yeah. when something does not go the way you want it to. So I would love for people here in St. Louis that have not had the opportunity to to be touched by that also and, and join up with you guys. So I am so blessed and privileged that you you decided to come on here with me. I'm so um, so blessed that you guys are one of our sponsored organizations for our giving program. Oh, we, um, yes, we, we, are. So we love you guys. We really do. Oh, thank you. We love you too. I mean, thank you for choosing us for that as well. You have no idea what, I mean, a $1,000, $3,000 means for us. I mean, it's a huge deal for us. And um, that's a I, lot of cat litter. <laughs> it's a lot of, I mean, and you could, you know, fund a, a major surgery with that kind of money too. We've had a cat recently who had to have a double leg amputation. Sounds bad. Aww. It's actually, <laughs> sounds bad. This cat was suffering with um, legs that were permanently, he had been injured before he got to us, permanently been, you know, pushed forward. And by removing those legs, he'll have more um, ability to ambulate and just be a cat. 
yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's doing really well so far. Yeah, he's, um, doing, he's doing well. But that kind of thing is very expensive. So the, the fact that you and other organizations show up and try and help us with, you know, funding that mm -hmm. and again, getting litter in the door. Very, mm -hmm. <laughs> It's necessary and very, very helpful. There are only two of us on, on um, as full-time staff we have just hired today yes two people as part-time staff um <laughs> and we have another part-timer who will be leaving us in may but we we will have three and it's crazy that we have a team of five yeah. um we also have volunteers that help us every single day yes. um and show up as kind of part-time or full-time employees really but they're volunteers <laughs> that would never yeah. take from us they won't let us pay them <laughs> oh, that's a labor of love right there yeah, yes, i know um but yeah, just thank you so much for being one of those organizations that is supporting us in that way. Yes, absolutely. So I am definitely going to drop all the information. Everybody look down in the show notes. There's so much opportunity here for you to touch so many people and cats. So, um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on with me and, uh, you know, maybe we'll circle back, back around to this whenever you get that program up and off the ground. Yeah, and we should have other programs to talk about at that time, too, because we have other things in the works. So we'd be happy to come back on. And thank you so much for having us. Love that. Love the follow-up. Thank you guys so much for being on with me today. Thank you for listening to this episode of STL Unleashed. Check out the show notes below for any links mentioned in this episode. If you are needing dog walking and pet sitting yourself, check out our website at fourleggedkids.com. And as always, if you have a warm heart for another cold nose, make sure to support our local pet rescue. A few can go, some can give, but all can share. <laughs>